fans y'all welcome to fans forgotten and never signed the pilot beginning of it all mr incense is here i am branded and we're mm -hmm. here to just give you a nice tutorial about the beginning of why are we what is in store and i'm gonna let mr incense tell you what it is and how he came up with the acronym fans and why this is in, is important not just to the culture of music but to all walks of life period all right all right appreciate the introduction brad i um for those that don't know fans stands for forgotten and never signed and basically how we came up with the concept is over the years of probably my i don't even want to do the math or whatever but since about mid 90s um just dealing with artists and um producers and stuff like that over over the time um I always ran into certain artists like that that could not i mean they, they were very good at their craft um maybe they didn't have the resources at the time to you know really just break in and make a mold in the industry so but one thing i never did is i never forgot about them and the ones that stayed in contact with me and even the ones that haven't been in contact with me in a while we're going to try to get up with these artists and producers and and have not and and make sure we can try to give them their just due you know especially with the way technology is now it's, it's totally different from when we were you know embarking on different uh avenues to, of the music industry or whatever so um and, and this is going to be something that we're going to get artists from like all around you know what i'm saying different part california texas georgia um new york you name it um we've got access to those type of uh artists and stuff like that it's important to add to it as well they won't be forgotten by us clearly but also there's a a a way to figure it out where we could also have these artists be remembered in a sense where there's a lot of new people that's going to be coming in never hearing their music or anything else before listening to it for the first time so it's important not just to give them their flowers but also to introduce them to a new um a new audience as well um and i think that's important not just again for, for the culture and, and entertainment but also for the appreciation that we are giving to these artists and entertainers who have not been forgotten but also they haven't been signed as well so this is going to be a great journey that we're going to embark on and it's going to be my mr incense and myself and the people and we're looking forward to it yes sir yes sir what's up y'all this is soul theory and you are listening to fans on next legacy yeah. all right hey y'all this is i am branded mr incense we have soul theory in the building um, up, on this up? edition of fans and I'm, 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 I'm happy i'm happy that i'm here to hang out with y'all so um it's been a minute like literally it's been a minute i haven't literally seen y'all physically but it's just like i was saying before we went on the air um y'all have heavy history with um 
what I'm doing, what I've been doing with this with this brand called Next Legacy. Then it was like on some vintage music, strictly just music. Now it's kind of evolved to um, a bigger stage, a bigger platform with 24-hour radio, um, music, interview content, all that good stuff. So not only am I happy to have y'all back within the circle, um, it's good to be able to uh, be here and not just to, you know, catch up with y'all, but just, you know, talk music, uh, the impact it can make, what's going on in the industry now. And, and how, in my opinion, we need more shows like this spotlight. Yes, music. I'm hearing a lot of different things as far as what we could do to be able to market it and put it on a bigger stage. Um, and, and I think it's just important to be able to have dialogue. So, fellas, welcome. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you having us on. We're glad to be here. Yeah. Thank you. All right, definitely. Um, and as uh, Mr. Incense will pop back in shortly, um, I want to I want to start, you know, what I'm saying just catching up with y'all and just be like, how y'all been? Not just as a collective, but um, what have y'all been up to in general? Well, <clears throat> well, me, um, probably around 2014, I kind of that's when I started my my family journey. <laughs> so um, got married started having kids and, um, you know, working, got a pretty successful job. So, um, and, and, you know, with the same thing from soul theory, other things spawned off of, of that environment. So I've been into photography. I'm a professional photographer, getting into videography, been doing that lately. Um, you know, I me, mean, I do a lot of stuff, shirts, make shirts, um, graphic design. I'm always doing something. So, that's kind of what's been occupying my time lately. And then uh, me and my wife, we started a business probably about four years. This is our year four. So we have a uh, kid spa um, that's pretty much open on the weekends. So uh, that kind of keeps us more or less her tied up. But um, I kind of run the outside. And so that's kind of what I've been doing the last few years. Well, been like a decade now, a little bit over a decade. So, Yeah. All right, not not to pivot, but how is the kids spa working out for y'all? Because you know I, we don't hear too much about kids spas in California. So, oh uh, really? Yeah, it's going great, man. Like I say, year year four, uh, we're we have a, a monopolized market here because the uh, closest one is in Atlanta. So we pretty much have people driving two two and a half hours just to come here from Savannah, from uh, Albany, from basically South Georgia. Uh, we're in central Georgia, so they're driving from central uh, South Georgia to uh, from the east East Georgia. Um, we was only shut down maybe about three months during COVID, and we thought wow. that it was going to be an issue when we uh, opened back up. Like, man, you know, because this was only after like year two, so we was a little worried how it was going to be. But man, people were like pretty much standing at the door waiting, like, when y'all going to open back up? You know, so. We actually started booming even harder after that because the thing is, it's a great concept that my wife came up with because somebody's going to always have a birthday, you know. So uh, right. it's, it's going great. I mean, because right, well, you uh, honestly only hear spa days for for women, you don't hear it for right, kids. Right. So the fact that yeah. that's heavily pushed out the thing. So um, we're yeah, gonna talk about we're gonna talk about your spa business and other business ventures y'all got going as well. Um, in addition to just going through life in general, what else have y'all been up to individually? So, you know, 
because I know life, kids, marriage, all that stuff can kind of take place. But what else have y'all been up to individually? Well, me in particular, I after our second album, I think I decided to go back to school. Uh, and I went to aviation maintenance school. I can learn how to work on airplanes. Um, since then, I, I worked at uh, three or four different uh, places. Uh, Goldstream is one of them. And now I'm back home working on military planes. I can't tell you what I'm working on because I have to kill you. But other, <laughs> other than that, uh, family, uh, marriage. have been married seven years now. Um, six kids. Uh, so yeah, busy. Busy. Yeah, me personally, man, since uh, right then, like the second album, uh, I think I was getting ready to move at the time to West Virginia. Um, around 2010, uh, got married, uh, been married 14 years almost, or 13 years. I can't even add, seems like they all 20, 30 years, seems like. Now, I've moved to Harrisburg, ran a business in Harrisburg, Cincinnati, Ohio, moved back to Georgia, um, was educated for a while until I came into a opportunity to help uh, another brother of ours. Uh, we all know very well, Kevin. Run a black-owned vodka brand named Island John. This is actually on my shirt. This is the brand Island John Vodka. Um, that's what I've been doing, you know, for a while. I do it full time, so that's what I've been doing since then. You know, busy life, four kids, four boys, four amazing kings. So you know, I can't complain about anything. So y'all sound like y'all are grown men doing grown men things handling grown men responsibilities with family business etc let me slide music into this for a minute probably a little longer than a minute so yeah <laughs> i was connected to y'all incense right here because i remember that multiple times i used to spin y'all record and you know there's live voice uh, you know, all those moments, it's kind of like geeking out as a fan, right? Because I'm like, uh, this is this is this business right here. These fellas is top of the line, doing amazing work and different things of that nature. So, you know, there's a lot of old school, like, you know, audio footage of me just being a fan. You know what I mean? Not just uh, uh, a radio guy or, a per, per, you know, promoter or an interviewer. Um, I was really, you know, caught up in the rapture theory and everything that is everything when it comes to y'all music. Um, Appreciate it. So I'm going to put a spotlight in a different in a different direction and talk to y'all about just the the atmosphere y'all took on when y'all dropped a couple of hours, like from uh, you know, the first to the second. Like, what was that experience for y'all, and how was the the reaction overall? Uh, to it amongst people's not just you know radio people but also just you know your inner circle and outer well the uh the first album i guess you can call that a concept album um because we had came with a bunch of songs beforehand because it started out you know we all had kind of that ambition to get into music so just like most people who started out uh getting into the music game we were just in, the, in our room freestyling you know mm -hmm. Uh, and this is before I even had equipment. I had like an old boom box from when I was a kid still in my room. So I had a, you know, had double tape deck. So I would put a tape on one side, 
play the beat that I was just making. Rewind it. Yeah, and then record it put another tape on the other tape deck, and then we hit the record button, and then I would hang a microphone from the ceiling fan, <laughs> and then we would just be on there freestyle and just kind of coming up with concepts. But then uh, through my boy Knack, I met Knack, Kevin, Kevin John. I met him in like 2000 or 2001 to work on a project for another friend. So that was my first time meeting him. And I saw him, he had a whole home studio. I'm like, man, you know, this is possible because at this time people were still like going to the studio. And so I was like, okay, you can do a home studio. You know, this is when this kind of took effect, all the equipment and everything. So I immediately got my income tax and got speakers, mm -hmm. uh, BR1180 <laughs> track recorder. Uh, I think it had like 16 tracks on it. Um, a CD burn. Yeah, I got a, went and got a condenser mic. Basically, mentorship through Kevin, you know, being his, like, mentee, I just was kind of getting like, hey, what you got? What I need? What I need? You know? And so then that's when we kind of started just taking that approach and doing it for real. We're like, okay, who who's in and who's not? Let's start weeding out. Because when we first started out, it was like a million people. <laughs> it was like 25 people. Yeah, so and these guys know <laughs> I, I kind of want, wanted to take it serious, so I kind of just started asking people, like, you know, not axing, but axing, you know, like, look, this this ain't working, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and then that's yeah, yeah, and yeah, a couple of them wanted to fight in the studio, yeah, yeah, <laughs> wow. And, and uh, because I think wow. people saw what we were doing, and everybody, and then that at that time, you know. Me personally, I kind of wanted to run it like a boot camp because one of my favorite movies is The Temptations and also one of my, uh, I guess you could say, uh, heroes uh, besides Quincy Jones, but was uh, Barry Gordy and how he used to yeah. run, you know, um, uh, soul, so, um, uh, Motown. And everything was right, you know, done through an assembly line because he worked at Ford. So I kind of adopted that same method when we used to do songs like, we might record a song, but is it good? You know, we wanted to be different than everybody else. We're not just going to make a song, throw it on a CD, and then start passing it out. Like, no, we're going to sit here and record the song 30 times if we have to. If Even if it's fire and everybody think it's fire, it ain't good enough. Scratch it. We'll dump, I, hey, they know I'll delete a beat in a minute. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> trash, you know? Because, I'm, I, you know, iron sharpens iron, you know? So when we came up with that first album, about midways through that first album, that's when we came up with the name 365 Days because for about, and that, that name came because we worked on it literally for 365 days for that whole year. And personally, I didn't do anything. Like I wasn't with no chick. I was just in the lab every day, just making songs, making beats. You know, me and him were pretty much uh, kind of, he, he lived next door to me. So that made it better for us to always just be together all the time, come up with concepts of songs. You know, Shaw was over there all the time. And uh, then, of course, there's, we have a, it's a soul theory camp. So there was other dudes always coming through as well that appear on the album. But that's how we came up with that concept was 365 days. And we had like maybe 30 songs, 35, 40 songs or something. And then that's when we kind of was conducting our own social experiment like Barry Gordy do when they have, you know, he used to call all the producers and executives in and then they would have like a um, listening party. Yeah, listening party, quality control. Right. And it's like, okay, we need a top, we need a good 18 songs out of this 30 or 40. And then that's when we would 
kind of break down and say, okay, these are the songs. And then that's how we kind of came with that uh, first album. Yeah. Got some that to it? Uh, no, you, you said it. <laughs> but <laughs> and then, the, let, let me add on by, by saying, like, just your projects I still listen to, um, you know, and, and I know it was back in the day. Um, I, I just, I just have, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not even trying to be biased. I'm just, I'm just keeping it solid as I feel because music is supposed to be, you know, pure energy and emotion, um, you know, in effort. Because I think at the end of all days, you know, a lot of people know that if you do a three minute track, it's not gonna take three minutes to do that song. That's going to take, you know, depending on how long you're in a studio, it could take a while for it to get why done. You say in, that in a sense. Yeah, you say it took a while, but another thing that we were disciplined on was learning your track, learning your verse before you stepped in that booth. Right. So you can go in, do your verse, and get out. And if you needed to do it over, we ain't spending all day on one person. Yeah. You get in there, do your thing, and then come on out. Hey, because I, I don't I'll, I'll tell, that's how a lot of folks I'll, got. I'll tell Terry, like, hey, man, tap on the door and tell him it ain't going to work. <laughs> he, got to, he, he got to come out. <laughs> I don't recall one time where you got to piece a verse in. If you don't get your whole verse done in that tape, no oh man, they ain't done. You ain't taking and piecing in. Start get it no, done. No. Or, hey, yeah, we didn't do no. What was called a punch in? Yeah, punch in right and, here. We didn't do that. And so, and he used the key word that all of us were big on, and that's kind of what I was pushing since you know we was at the crib at my crib or whatnot. <laughs> was discipline it, it we wanted to be disciplined and like they'll tell you like man we're not this is not gonna be the hangout when people other people used to come on and want to feature on the track don't bring your boys don't bring your girls like no nah, this is we this is a job for us we're trying to make it be a job so we come here to work and if you ain't ready to work then don't show up don't come right. with a posse just bring yourself in a notepad and we're gonna be up all night doing whatever it is we do to get the potions going and the, and the, and the thoughts going. And, and that actually, that whole idea kind of started floating around town. And that's kind of what we were known for. Like, Hey man, I'm so there, so they professional. They, they over there working, man. They, they serious over there. You know, they, they don't play, you know, and everybody started to know that when they would come over there, like you got to come correct. Meaning that like, all right, you man, I don't know here playing. This ain't your yeah, regular I'm not, studio. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm asking permission. Like, is it okay if I, if I, if I light this up? You know, because they know, you know, it became serious for us. And that's where you could find us. And so we started getting that reputation amongst other groups and people who were in the industry or in, in you know, getting in the music game and whatnot. And so we may have didn't get what we wanted out of it as far as success goes, but as far as reputation goes, we still get that respect. And especially when we came out with the second album, it was like, man, you know, y'all be on some other type of stuff, or whatever, you know, as far as where we're at in a local small town in the South, you know what I mean? So people were always can I, astonished. Go ahead. Can I, can I add on to what you're saying? And before Mr. Incense has any questions and stuff, let me say this. I feel like y'all second album, a well-rounded album the first album you could tell it was just a, a vibe right the second one was a vibe but it was also mature vibe it was more to me it was more of 
uh, an extension of your growth as artists versus that freshman album that just had y'all wild and free just being who you are. This one seemed a little bit more structured, a little bit more on, you know, more with a heavy hand, but also a, a, a real mature vibe, even more so than the first one. So you know how you always put up, you know, your first versus your second, which one? Nah, it's one and one A, in my opinion, just based on the fact that, you know, as, as you know, uh, media folks and fans, we were supposed to pay attention to the growth and the maturity of certain projects, right? Like, you know, some, you know, I'm going to have some favors on the first album, clearly, but also there's new favors that's going to add to the legacy that y'all created. And you mentioned something about success. Um I always look at it, you know, not necessarily mainstream, but you know, when you arrive, as you you touch the, the 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 soul (pun intended) of specific people who never knew your music up until they first they first heard a song, and if it's one, two, ten, twenty, fifty, a hundred, hundred thousand, so on, you won, you won mm-hmm. just by that, and it you know you can perform with a crowd of one or a hundred million gonna catch that vibe and i think that's cool so let me let me ask y'all this um two albums in life changes certain things happen did the music stop based on that or was it like uh a certain feeling you had about the industry that made you kind of take pause i guess a little bit of both life got in the way i won't say got in the way but Life did happen for all of us. We had um, one of our uh, members had died. Actually, today is his anniversary or four, five, four, five, six. A death day, an anniversary. Yeah, he died today, seventeen years ago. So that that kicked that first, you know, splitting up. Wow! Shout out out to Ronnie Harlow, Ronnie Low, Ronnie Pro. Uh, He was our uh, DJ. Wow! Yes, shout out. And man, I ain't. I I hate to interrupt real quick to read man but man i didn't realize we set this up i didn't even think about that yeah the day is yeah. a rule of fifth yeah four five six yeah yeah four, wow five. yeah so you know that happened um uh yeah it just life just got it you know i keep saying get got in the way but it didn't get in the way yeah it just god takes you where he wants you to go so yeah Everybody, everybody had different things going on, um, you know, and then for me personally, um, once again, bringing Kevin back into the picture, Kevin had to hook me up with uh, this chick that Hanif knows as well, Nicole. So I had got with uh, Indigi Music um, and then I started producing, doing the uh, re- reality TV shows. And so, um, and for me, that I was getting paid. So I was like, okay, I'm, I, see, I, I see a whole new avenue you know, I'm because for me, I'm not saying that hip hop had a deadline, but for me, I did long time ago, being that we started when I was like 21, 22. Well, for me and him, we went to college together. Yeah. We were roommates in college. That's so when it really started. We started at, like yeah. at 18. And you know, so so me and him technically started at first, and you know, but after that second album, I was approaching 30. So I kind of already had like a time frame in my head like man look i can't be trying to make it no trying to make it at 30 30. 
Now, now if, if we already got a deal or or back then when they were still doing development deals um and we were getting some right. type of progress then okay i we would keep going but for me personally i was like okay maybe it's time you know everybody's got something going on uh one of our other djs he moved to like atlanta and then he moved to new york mm -hmm. and then so like now we're out of a dj um because that gave us a good stage presence to have our own dj uh my other, one of the other guys that are part of our camp he moved to atlanta so we didn't see him you know the, basically what made us great together was all being in warner robbins and being close by each other and be able to link up every day so when everybody kind of started moving i believe shot moved to like atlanta for a hot second so he wasn't around and it was just really just me and kenny left and then i'm hitting 30 i'm like well you know it might be time to just do something else. <laughs> and, and I'm 35 yeah. at the time. <laughs> so at 35 trying to be a, a, a rapper uh, with a newborn yeah. baby. I, yeah, I, yeah. He had a he had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was tough. It was tough. You know. It, you got to do shows and your baby mama was like, you supposed to be home. You know. <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. Honestly, like, with me, uh, one of your I kids moved to West was, Virginia at the time. And uh, I moved to West Virginia, and I just so happened to uh, get link up with my. I have a lot of family in the area where I'm at right now, as we speak, in the studio, and half of my family does music. So when I thought I was done, I actually did more, and I honestly had multiple shows in Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I did multiple shows with Bone Thugs and Harmony. Uh, did shows with Petey Pablo, um, Bone Crusher, uh, Jay Hood. Uh, a few people in, in the in the area, you know, I still in the West Virginia area, uh they, they still knew of me doing music, but I just to be honest, it wasn't the same quality. You know, I think I was doing it that time for a hobby. Uh I didn't really think Rashad was gonna make a you know, get a record deal and blow. I, I really didn't think that Soul Theory was, was, was what I thought was was the real deal. So, you know, you yeah. know, I think I was just doing it and it just happened to you know, I ran a club, so I was able to throw parties, you know, do shows. So it just was easy. So. Yeah, and I, I didn't completely stop music. So yeah. it's just that the, the soul theory stopped because during that same year, which is 2009, I opened up an actual studio and he started out with me. We I had a studio on um, this area called Russell Parkway. So this was like my first brick and mortar business. Um, and I opened it up with a, with a female friend of mine, which I... It was introduced to by Hanif, who is April. also on the second album. Yeah, she's on the second album, April Crawley. Um, shout out to April Crawley. Yeah, so uh, me and her opened up a studio. We wanted this one-stop shop idea because she did piano lessons and vocal lessons, and and then I was running the studio side. So we we were doing good. So for me, music didn't really stop. Um, it's just that that the whole soul theory idea stopped. But I heavily miss it every day because that's pretty much I still listen to it all the time. You know, you can ask my wife anytime we go on a road trip, you know, that's probably what I'm yep. going to play. It'll give me hey, it'll get that's you to Atlanta, it'll get you to Florida. Mm -hmm. Especially if you listen to the, and, the hook don't yeah. soul one because it looked like I think that's it the sound like you listen to the radio. Uh, what'd you say, three? I said, especially that soul theory album, the soul theory hook don't soul one. As it sounds like you listening to a radio, we, and yeah, that was the whole concept, concept of it. We're doing it on the radio because we wanted you to listen to the whole thing, and it made it sound like 
you listen to the radio, so you get the commercials and all that stuff too. And that so, that album, you you can really literally ride the whole uh, album. And yeah. that's one thing that that impressed me about about these guys, man. And um, you know, I linked up with them through you know mutual friend Kevin and my my bit prior business partner. We had a label back in uh, 1999 called Root Records, and uh, one of the artists that is in their camp was on our label too. Uh, my set of Kiel. Kiel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to hear from you, boy. But uh, I-, I loved it, man. Once I once I was introduced to them by Kevin, man, uh, he hit me to their music, man. He's like, me, you got to hear these dudes, man. They're about their business, man. They sound good. They want it, you know. And unfortunately, people don't understand how the industry works. And I mean, I've been dealing in and out of the industry since like 1995-ish. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I, first of all, I'm glad that, you know, we started this. And I wanted them to be the first. This is the debut show of fans. And what people don't understand, fans stands for Forgotten and not and never signed forgotten and never signed and i got a host of people all over the country different states whatever that i work with just like them but to me i felt and to me i felt it's partially my fault because i was like they didn't get their just due yeah so i said if i ever had an opportunity to try to get them their just due i'm gonna do it no matter what Nah, I appreciate that. Yeah. For, for one, this is why you guys are the prime reason, not the sole reason, but the prime reason why we are doing this show. Oh, man, and that's, that's why I had you guys awesome. on first. <laughs> that, that made me feel good yeah. on the inside. That's, yeah. why, that's why we had you on first because, I mean, we, we got to I mean, I, I, I play your stuff for, man, like I was telling some of y'all, man, damn near from 8 to 80, man, people are feeling it. Yeah, and I, I appreciate it. it. It makes me feel yeah. good because I still, to this day, 2023, I still bump into people at the store or something that I hadn't seen in a long time, maybe like 10, 12 years or whatever, and they be like, yeah, man, I still be bumping y'all out, man. I've listened to, and I, and I know they're not lying because they start pointing out songs, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and also what really connects with me is when they connect it with a personal aspect of their life, like, yeah, man, my homeboy died about 10 years ago, man. I always be playing that um that, that last song on 365 Days, you know, uh Stepping Stepping Stones. Stones. They be yeah. like, man, that Stepping Stones, man, it just does something to me, man. You know, and you know, that just really makes me feel good. It really makes me feel like, you know, we we uh we actually did do something. So I agree with you, Brandon, when you talk about success, because me personally, you know, that's why I treasure these albums so much for me because they were just personal accomplishments, but accomplishments with my boys. You know, we grew up together. Like, I've known Shad my entire life. I've known him my entire life, but we didn't really start kicking it until I got to college, you know, because he was my roommate. So we really, really got a close bond, and I really feel like that's what makes that album special because everybody who was on the album was, like was also in my wedding. So... I grew up with every single body my entire life, from Kiel to uh, T. Hill. Shout out to Tron Hill. Shout out to uh, uh, um, uh, Stephen Boykin. You know, we're talking about four years old, five years old. So everybody who's on the album, we all connected. And I think that's what 
why you get that, why we can be funny, why we can be silly, why we can be serious, and why we can just really connect and vibe with each other because we know each other. Can also say that Seven Stones is a favorite, and I know Mr. Incense, Hanif, you know this because how many times when it debuted on the back in the day, I was like, "Man, we gotta run this again." Yeah, we got and yep. we gotta run it one more time. Hey, I it's been it's been you know a part of my it's been a part of my playlist since I I met you guys through music and radio. It means everything to not just have this visual dialogue because I've audio interviewed you guys, you know, almost 12, 13 years ago. But to have this is a, is a moment for me, um, but also um, to shine a light on a on a on a subject industry right now. There's a lot of artists out there that's talented like you all. Um, I, I know men, women, groups of, of all different ages and genres or what um, they're struggling right now, talented as can be, struggling with the emotional connection and detachment of this industry right now as we see it, because there's only room for a certain few in that class, and then they don't pay attention to the other class or the new class that's on the rise. How do you guys feel about not just what I'm saying, if you feel like it's fact or fiction, but also there's people literally as talented as you all wanting to step away because of those things that I just mentioned. Oh, well, my advice would be to not stop. Even when life is going to get in your way, just keep on, just keep on doing you. And now that we got a whole lot of, um, ways to put it out there put your music out there now you got the internet see we ain't had that then we, we had to actually burn cd and go pass them out you know yep. now yep. you could just do that shit on, on the laptop and, and then you know uh put your own stuff out there so you know you have that going on so i would say don't 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 quit keep going somebody gonna see you yeah, yeah. and see so i'm gonna I'm a throw i'm gonna I'm gonna throw a curveball because because you're absolutely right. There is multiple ways to be able to music out to multiple streams and um, getting it out there. But here's the here's the thing: devil's advocate, but not really. It's just what a lot of industry artists that clearly is talented is struggling with. Um, I'm getting it out, and it's everywhere. But the masses only want to hear the top five or 10 people that's already circulating or putting it out yeah. there um, as such. Um, the way that people consume music isn't what it once was. You you would take those trips to Tower Records and in some cases Rasputin's over here in, in, in Berkeley, well, you know, still in Berkeley, but certain places you had to journey to in order for you to go get a CD and to listen to it and have those, you know, clear moments, right? Um, now it's consumed quickly and easily but also in my opinion in some cases it's taken for granted somewhat do y'all agree or how do y'all feel when i throw that out there yeah um like the advice part man i wouldn't know what to say in this time because the game is so dirty and it moves so quick and yeah. uh and it's more self-sufficient you know like i say earlier when i was talking 
back then, that's when they were still, we were looking for development deals. Now they want you already packaged, polished, and ready, ready to go. Like what, what, how many streams you got, how many views you got, you know, versus when we were coming along, they wanted to change. Huh? They, they, well, yeah. And they want to be like, well, you know, we can, we can work on you. You just, you know, we'll give you that development deal. We'll put you on the shelf or we'll, we'll give you a, a distribution deal. They were still giving out, you know, certain kind of deals, but, and, and also a difference is when we were coming along, music lasted a little bit longer. You know, you yeah. but an album come out, you listen to that album all year. Now, J. Cole drops the most fire album and people pretty much got about a two-week tension span for it. And then next thing you know, the next album is coming out. They get another two weeks. That's buzzing for about a week or two. And then no, nobody's talking about it anymore. So, uh, you know, I, it's a it's a, it's a tough market. And I believe it allows you to put out more music and more content. But, um, you know, I, I, yeah, I really don't know what to say, you know, because <laughs> it's a competitive game. Yeah, it's a lot of people out here. Yeah. And I was trying hard. I would just say, you know, just, you know, why are you doing it? You know, yeah. whatever reason you're doing it, you know, just, just stick to that reason. If you, if you're in there trying to get a deal or something, that that's not what you should be doing. If you're doing it because you're passionate about it, if you're doing it, if you have an end goal, I'm doing it for this reason, promote this, do that, you know, put your plan in motion, you know, work your plan. But outside of that, you know, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say give up, but definitely. Yep. You know, have a plan and a purpose and a reason. Don't just be out there just trying to make music to go get signed by somebody because that's dead. Yeah, I, and I agree. I agree with Shad. I, I would echo Shad if if I had to answer exactly what Shad said because the important thing about us when I keep talking about deals and stuff, that ain't what we were looking for. We really just like just blazing up in the studio and just making music and then just sit there and listen to it. You know. And it came it, out with some hot fire stuff. Yeah, it was really is it was really outside forces that like, hey man, y'all need to do shows. Hey man, y'all need to y'all need to sell CDs and y'all need to put it out, you know. Um, and, and then that's how that really come about. But really, we was just content with like just flooding one of Robbins with our yeah, we, yeah, we just like making music in the lab. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, honestly, you know, I, I I'm a East Coast rider, I'm an outcast rider, you know, I, I love like the locks, you know, mob deep, you know, outcast definitely. But then outside of that, it's it's us. We the whole theory. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah, Man, one blunt. thing I like, you know one thing yeah, I, I like about the the whole both of the Soul Theory albums is if you listen to both of them, you notice that we never mention what year it is. And that was for a reason. Because you're still listening to that album almost a lot, and it's 2023, and we made them albums way back in 2003 and eight. Yep, you know, and people and you don't, don't know, know what yeah, year it is. You don't know yep. that. You people you, don't you, know why that today in this show and be like, except man. for the last song on Hooked on Soul, which is Hooked on Soul. I did say that's the only time it was mentioned. I did say 2006. I'm grown, and yes, that was it. it. Yeah. That was only because I was referencing. I was talking about our DJ because that song was kind of pretty much a dedication to him because yeah. he starts it out talking about Ronnie. <clears throat> and so I had to mention 06, you know, and so that was the only time a date was mentioned. You're right. Hey, hey, uh, BK, go ahead and give him a, a little uh, a little history about Ronnie. 
Mm. Well, I'm, I'm, Ronnie lived next door to me, actually, but we worked together. And I'll make it real quick. And so me and him, we were working together. And but I was, you know, I was working on album with my boys. And so um, uh, I didn't think he was into music like he was, especially our music. You know, he was a white dude. And so I, w- I was judging a book by his cover. Um, and he was a quiet guy. So I had to when he started working with me, I had to train him. So he sat with, he had to sit like next to me in my little cubicle area and he, you know, he would see me with my laptop out or whatever. And then he would start asking questions. I was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, man, I, I do a little music too. I DJ. I was like, you DJ what? Man, I went over his house that, that night. I was like, man, you DJ for real. Like he was, cause he was a battle. <laughs> DJ. He like scratching, you know? And so he was just making all these little mixes on his CD. So I invited him over to meet everybody else. And then he came over, brought all his stuff. Uh, he met the guys, and then I was like, "Look, you want to be in the group? <laughs> <laughs> we need a DJ. Yeah, we need a DJ. This is this is cool." And then he ended up moving um, next door, next door to me, because I moved. And then he was looking for a place to stay. So then I there was a, a I was we was living in these condos where they're like attached attached to each other, and he was living um, to the condo next to me. So. That made it even great. Then he was like, hey, my best friend, DJs too. and But he's in college. So he came home for like a break one time and then he brought all his equipment, his DJ equipment. So then now we had two DJs, which they call themselves Scratch Supremacy. And so uh, his name is Eric Blevin. Shout out to DJ Root. Um, and so then mm-hmm. Eric came on board and we was like, man. And then, you know, so we try to make a concept for that. How Like during the show, they have a DJ battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they they man they used to scratch their ass off man you know so um but yeah that, that he was just a good dude man yeah. but these two dudes were also in the in the motorcycles so they both had motorcycles and and Ronnie man he was a he was a stunt, a, a stunt stunt driver so he was like the guy that like standing up on the motorcycle going like one thirty <laughs> on, on one wheel oh yeah on one oh. wheel standing up on it going down the interstate and so uh, tragically. Um, as good as the rider he was, that's how he ultimately um, died is on a motorcycle accident. But what's crazy is he wasn't doing any kind of stunts. It was just a freak accident where he hit a culvert in the road and it sent them on to the side of the road and he started fishtailing and couldn't get control and he, uh, and he ran into a tree. And so, um, yeah, man, it was, a, it was a crazy day. Me and him actually were together. Wow. I, I came out and picked him up. And uh, but he was a good dude, man. He was a, he was a real good dude, quiet, humble, um, giving. You know, he was always giving. Like, hey, no, you can you can have this, you can do this, or whatever. You know, so um, man, he's just a good dude. The people came pick us up when we got pulled over. Yeah, yeah, coming from a show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Came all the way to Atlanta. Yep. Yeah, come get us. Got pulled over. Somebody didn't have no license. I wonder who that was. <laughs> <laughs> wow, is that? <laughs> hey, um, a couple of uh, a couple of quick ones with Soul Theory before we uh, wrap up. Um, one thing that I will say is um, when you know this is airing live, but also this will get um, interview rotation on Next Legacy Radio this coming Monday. This interview, along with uh, of your music for the world to listen to. Um, uh, so there's going to be technically an hour break 
that will run out to the masses of the United States and also in other countries. Um, just as a um, reminder for people in the industry as far as, you know, how you capture moments, souls per se, when it comes to music, I think it's important for us to be able to, uh, you know, share the wealth of information. People that's listening to you for the first time, whatever the case may be, you know, celebrating your 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 music legacy is still important. So I wanted to throw that out there. But also, what's next for Soul Theory? Is there a next? Yeah, we actually thought about doing a reunion track. So um yeah. uh, I'm I'm low key. So what they don't know is that I, I've got a, like a host of of beats that nobody's heard. Um Every now and then, I, I will crank up a beat. Right now, I've been just producing. I have a podcast, um, and so um, a lot of times I'm producing, but I'm mainly producing tracks for like my intros, my opening, my outros, and stuff. But every now and then, um, during COVID, I was actually cranking up some tracks and whipping up some stuff, and I had this concept for doing a Soul Theory reunion album. Don't know what will come out of it, but I want to do it more or less just for nostalgic reasons because I like working with my guys. And ironically, for me, I fed off of them. So when we stopped, Rashad, he's able to still work on music, but I couldn't write unless I heard their verses. I can't write without him. You know what I mean? So I fed off of their energy. I never, ever, ever wrote a song by myself. It will, I, I do the tracks, but then when we get in the studio, my thing was the vibe with them. So it really died with me. So for me to, this is going to be a challenge for me because since we all got our own lives and families and everything, I'm going to have to kind of get out of my comfort zone and work on a track, you know, at the house and try to write something to it. But hopefully we can get together and get everybody together on the same page and, uh, you know, put together a nice, it don't have to be 18 tracks like the rest of them, but I'm looking forward to at least doing a good hot six or five, whatever, or whatever, whatever the tracks take us, you know, but mm -hmm. I am working on some tracks that I have that I'm working on, like some type of soul theory reunion album. Yeah. Actually, I have something that I'm working on right now, which is an original soul quest track. And, uh, I actually really think it's going to go, um, extra hard and like i said it's a soul quest track so it, it, it's going to be uh original and definitely funky huh there's no other way to put it trends meet the eye yeah i think uh wants me to be on that one so yeah yeah i think yeah him and yeah they getting on that track so yeah we're always you know doing something you know stevie b he's still around so uh you know they'll probably jump on some stuff and we'll probably get people in but uh I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, that's what Soul Theory's got going on next. And then the 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 opportunities are unlimited now where we might not have to go do shows, but now we have a little bit more knowledge and uh I have a little bit more access where we do music and maybe we can send these off for like video games or or uh, uh yeah. you know reality TV shows because when I was doing the music for TV shows, that's how I got kind of boxed out because when I started, it was just for production. I was sending in instrumentals, 
But then the game changed and she started asking for like songs. I'm like, oh man, I don't have a group no more. We don't have any songs. <laughs> so I kind of like got left behind on that journey because now they want songs for these shows and I don't have songs. And so maybe now we can probably do some things where we make some songs and and stuff that is current that will match 2023. And just, you know, like I say, for nostalgic reasons, just to see what we got. You know, we in our 40s now. Yeah, I like to turn all of our skits into actual videos so you can watch them. Remember I, how long I've been saying that? Just just real quick, man, before before we go. And this is part of the question that you asked them, Brandon. And this is my answer. And I've been I've been getting around to all of y'all with the soul so theory or a few other groups that I've dealt with over the years. But I've been personally trying to call people and letting them know how they have, you know, touched me. And my my gift to them is to try to still, no matter prior to the day I die, expose them because as long as you have a quality product, especially with this music, your stuff is never old. It will never be old because unless you can get your stuff to, I don't know how many people we got in the world now, 7 billion, 8 billion, whatever. Nobody will ever actually hear it, you know, hear it all. So it, so with that being said, somebody can always be exposed to it. And as long as you can expose them to somebody, you can touch them, you can make money off of it, you know what I'm saying? Or if they just want to get, get together and listen to it, you know, you got it. You know what I'm saying? But you always have something to reach people with. So to the people that are trying to do music still to this day, do it with the passion and just remember as you do it, it's something that you can always keep and expose to anybody. All right. Forever. Mr. Incense, I'm Branded. For those out there who are listening, will be listening to all streaming networks, make sure y'all tune in and get your alerts hit for every single episode that the Fans Academy will be a part of. And Mr. Incense, Forgotten and Never Signed is impactful, correct? Correct. It is vital. <laughs> Especially if you're up and coming and you're on your new path, like he said earlier as far as the new new people that have never heard some of these older ones or whatever it could possibly influence you um you definitely can get information to possibly help you on your journey